Toasties. I'm Missy, here with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, y'all. And we first want to apologize for our delay in our last episode. Yeah. We had some bad shenanigans. Unfortunately. We had a lot of technical difficulties. But uh, we're back on track today. And welcome back to our Toasted Shenanigans. What are you drinking over there? I've actually got hashtag adulting. It's a guava IPA by Evil Genius. And it's not terrible. I'd give it probably about 8.5. There was nothing guava about that shit. No, but it's still tasty. No, it wasn't. You don't like beer. (laughs) Hey, it's an IPA. It is an IPA. And that was a recommendation. It was. Um, I'm, I'm usually not a big fan of IPAs, but I'm finding that I'm drinking them more and more and more and liking them a whole lot more. It tasted like shit. Whatever. What do you got? <laughs> I have the mead again. This one's called, it has a long ass name, but it's called Waffle House is right down the road. They have great OJ. <laughs> and um, it tastes like a mimosa. Ooh. Let me try. Is it really sweet? It tastes like a mimosa. Oh, that's fantastic. It's kind of like tang. Yeah. It, it tastes literally like a mimosa. I like it. Yeah. But you can tell that they actually use like real oranges because it's still got that citrusy bite to it. You know what's really funny? What? No oranges. It's mango. Uh-uh. Is that what's giving it? Oh, it's the lime. Yeah, it's mango and... Col- I can't read this handwriting. Z lime. That oh, must be some kind of lime. That yeah. must be that citrusy bite I'm getting. Probably. Um, we highly recommend, guys, if you aren't already, to find us on Instagram and Facebook and uh, TikTok, because we did have some updates about our technical difficulties and if you want to stay updated on the shenanigans yeah the shenanigans you should find us there and go like us and follow us and share and 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 all the fun stuff and hit the little bell yeah your bell (laughs) the bell is on spotify and it lets you know when uh um an episode is uploaded Mm -hmm. hope you guys got your water ready that was a lot of us and ums (laughs) We'll get better. <laughs> or we won't. We'll just keep you hydrated. Maybe that's what we want to do. Maybe. So what are we talking about today? Well, this was recommended to us by Tina. Um, it is Jerry Brudos. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, I do <clears throat> want to start off to let everybody know that there is a big difference between a fetish and a kink but this this episode is going to be a little graphic yes and whatever walk of life you decide to take this is a judgment free zone absolutely and we are you walk your path how you want to yep so according to sex therapist rosa torisi a kink is usually something that is sexual, something someone likes to do with themselves or consensually with partners. And this is usually like something like mainstream sexual activities like BDSM or role playing. 
Mm-hmm. A fetish <laughs> is similar to a kink, but the difference is that a fetish must be present in order for them to achieve arousal. Oh. So, like, somebody that has, like, a fetish with feet or having sex in public, they have to do it in public or they have to have feet the feet involved. in order to be aroused. Do you know the reason why you have that, people have that feet fetish thing is because the the wires in your brain, mm-hmm. the genitals and the feet are next to each other and they cross. Nuh-uh. Yes. Are you serious? Sometimes they get crossed and that is why people see that. Where the fuck did you find that out from? How many random facts do I know? I know, I know, I know. You're always surprising me with something else. Yeah. Okay. Like a little Wikipedia over here. But either way, kink and fetish, like we just said, it's not unhealthy to have them. Um, It's normal. Everybody has their own thing. You do you, boo-boo. It's all acceptable. Absolutely. What's not acceptable is when it becomes violent. Yes. And unfortunately in this story, we're going to see that it becomes very, very violent. Yes. But let's talk about Mr. Jerry. Um, His name was actually Jerome Henry Brutos. He's also known as the Lust Killer and Shoe Fetish Slayer. Cute. He's born January 31st, 1939 and was an Aquarius. I think that's our first one. I believe you are accurate. Yep. Um, born in Webster, South Dakota. So we're going a little north this time, usually. I think that's still Midwest? Technically, I guess. I'm not sure. I'm really failing on my geography at the moment. I know it's next to Minnesota. Well, if any of y'all are listening in South Dakota, please correct us if we're if we're wrong. But. 1939, this was, like, right after the Depression and whatnot, so jobs were still kind of scarce, and so Jerry's father moved the family to Oregon and kind of, like, hopes to find something new to help take care of his family, and his dad was, like, working two to three jobs at a time, just trying to keep ends meet and take care of his family while the mother would be left with the two sons. Yeah. And Jerry had an older brother. And his mother completely doted on him and praised him. Like, it was just her perfect son. The older one? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. While Jerry, on the other hand, was neglected and pretty much loathed for not being a girl. Oh. Basically, she already had the most perfect son. Why would she need another one? She wanted a little girl. You know what's really sad is that happens more often. It does. Still. It does. But she definitely couldn't hide her emotions. Instead of, you know, trying to cope with it, get over it, like, make the best of life, she let them out on Jerry instead. Oh, heaven forbid she just happened to have a healthy child. Yeah. And because of this, he was frequently mentally and physically abused for it. Oh. Which completely has to... You know, even at a young age, like, you, you don't understand. Like, what are you doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's no excuse for it. He, he couldn't understand. But she didn't even hide it with, like, friends or neighbors. She would, you know, frequently describe how disgusted that she was that Jerry wasn't a girl. 
And, and I'm using disgusted as not an exaggeration, but as literally she was disgusted. I just... I don't get it. It's frustrating. Um, it's still not an excuse for what this man does, but it's still wrong on her behalf. Absolutely. So since she resented her own son's existence and not very bashful about it, Jerry, as a young boy, he couldn't understand what he had done to be treated with such malice. And as he grew older, he actually despised her. And he admitted to the fact that he just really wanted to love his mother and, you know, try to have that mother-son relationship. But at the end of the day, she was a hateful bitch and she was always in the way. Fair enough. Um, he actually went on to be very socially awkward. Well, yeah, he's critis- criticized and treated like garbage in front of people. Mm-hmm. So that that would make sense. And, of course, he had a full-on hatred for women. When, of course, if the first woman in your life hates you... Because you're not a girl. Of course. You know, I can see where he's coming from. I can't see why he does the way he... what he does. But... Yeah. But let's get into the story of Jerry. So, at the age five, he developed a fascination with women's shoes, mainly high heels. And he was one day at like a dump or something digging through like trash looking for treasures and he stumbled on a pair of patent leather heels Mm. and of course he's excited he runs home and quickly trades out his sneakers for the heels and not thinking like it's a big deal or anything um he's walking around the house in them mom sees them and she absolutely flips the fuck out of course um which is, it, it's not wrong. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's not. A, it's okay for little boys to, you know, see what they like and whatnot. It, it, what, her reaction, what I got gathered from it, I couldn't find complete facts, but was basically that she beat the shit out of him for it. Probably, because it just seems to be the thing she does. Mm-hmm. But what kid doesn't play dress up with their mommy shoes? You know? Yeah. I mean, I had two younger siblings basically growing up, and... One was a girl and one was a boy. And the youngest one, he was a boy. He always was try to, like, play dress up with us or play with the dolls and whatnot. Yeah. It wasn't... It's not an issue. No. So stop making it an issue. Now, Jerry, seeing shoes is just shoes. He just can't understand why his mother is yelling at him and banning something that's just a clothing piece also probably the one and only thing that brought him joy yeah he was excited about it right he had no joy in his life he found one thing that brought him joy and she shut it down but what that's what happens when you're younger though when a parent takes something away a child's gonna want it more yes so now it's it's desirable yeah it's like telling somebody don't think of the color red exactly So, he doesn't throw them away and discard them like his mother asked him to. He hides them and wears them around the house in secret. Of course. And, of course, one day he wasn't careful enough. And his mother hears, like, this clickety-clack wearing the heels around the house. And she's like, what the fuck is that? Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, she finds Jerry wearing them again. And, of course, she flies into another rage and snatches the heels from Jerry's feet drags him outside and forces him to watch 
as she burns the shoes. Oh. And she's not just watching her burn shoes. He's watching her burn a beloved treasure. Yeah. It was his finding. And his joy. Yeah. And she just set him in flames. So, of course, now he's thinking, I need to replace them. But how do I replace them? Yeah, because he's a child who doesn't work. Yeah, and it was it was treasure. He got lucky. He found he's just stumbled upon it. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Jerry starts to try stealing heels from neighbors and teachers. Sticky fingers. Yeah. Oh no. And this grows worse as time goes on, and this fascinating fascination grew with Jerry into puberty. And became a fetish instead of just a fascination. And then, of course, this fetish becomes floor play that starts to entice his violent sexual fantasies. Oh, no. Now, becoming a teenager, Jerry and his family move next door to a family with multiple daughters. Yeah. And Jerry would basically sneak into the girls' room and start playing with their clothing probably still curious and wondering because he had shoes and what else could give me that same exactly yeah and this kind of basically expanded his fetish into bras and women's underwear and lingerie as well gotcha and he became completely obsessed with his fetish Like, that's what he thought about day and night. And, of course, now Jerry's going around and started stealing these intimates off of clothing lines. And he has now, by now, like, a little collection. And, of course, the neighborhood's starting to notice, too, as well. Mm -hmm. Now, they're all hidden carefully away from Mom. But Jerry would wait till his family fell asleep to model his new attire for himself. And would walk around in the house with the heels and the undergarments and whatnot. Kind of almost like a Buffalo Bill situation. Yeah, it's exactly the image that popped in my head was the Buffalo Bill situation. I mean... It all leads back to mommy issues. Yeah, but he is probably so obsessed with it because, again, it comes back to it's the only thing that gives him joy kind of like some people turn to food for comfort mm-hmm. i'm that, that that's just the the vibe i'm getting i i get from this yeah he struck like he made this bond and memory in his head when he was younger mm-hmm. with these women's items and now that's the only way that he can seek out arousal now and joy but even just joy mm-hmm. well joy as a as a child growing up, but now he's a teenager. Yeah. He's in, you know, prime time puberty and that's probably all he's thinking about right now. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> so of course his imagination is running wild because of puberty. Of course. And this starts entangling with his fantasies and he starts to create stories of women being trapped in a hole or a tunnel where they couldn't escape. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And um, he would fantasize about how they would be kept to please him. Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. 
Are you sure that they didn't get that from Buffalo? This story from Buffalo Bill instead of Ed Gein. I think he was based. uh, Buffalo Bill was based on many of them. He really was a combination of a lot. That is true. But this is like Buffalo Bill almost to a T. You know. Yeah, but Buffalo Bill also had the skin suit and everything. That's where Ed Gein gets involved too. So it's like it's a mixture of all of them. That's true. But unfortunately, Jerry's fantasies bring life to his desires and. What was just an imagination is now a reality. Oh, shit. Yeah. At the age of 16, Jerry cons an 18-year-old girl who had been stealing panties from that he was helping police find whoever is stealing the garments. Because like I said before, the neighborhood was catching on. Where the fuck are all my panties going? It's kind of disturbing. And especially at this time, it's, you know, they're definitely like, what sicko is taking my panties? Right. Probably freaking out bigger than what it actually is. But, well... It was a lot bigger of a deal, but they didn't know that yet. Yeah. So how old was he? He's 16 at this time, and And he's conning this 18-year-old girl. Gotcha. So he basically convinces her to come back to his place later that night to discuss the details of all, like, the stuff that he's learned and he knows, working with the cops, kind of to just, like, like get her back. Sounds like a Billy badass. Yeah. And she's going to follow him. Remember, he was socially awkward, too. Yeah. So it was kind of hard for him just to talk. So for him to make up, like... A story? Yeah. Didn't seem very, very surprising at all. Right. Now, of course, the girl does go to his place later that night. And she is just kind of signaled to come on upstairs by Jerry. And Jerry's family is gone at this point. But she follows the sound of his voice up to Jerry's bedroom. And as she's coming to his bedroom, a large masked man jumps out at her with a knife. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he's demanding that she strip naked. Now, Jerry was not a small individual. He was larger, especially for a teenager. Um, so it didn't fool her as to who it was because mm-hmm. how many people are actually, you know, that big. Right. And she knew exactly who was holding her life for ransom. However, she was terrified, so she played along and did exactly what Jerry asked for. He, at this point, began snapping pictures of her naked until he ran out of film. And all of a sudden, he just completely just leaves the room. Doesn't say anything. Not a, oh shit, I ran out of film, let me go get more. Nothing. He just simply walks out. Thinking she's not going to get up and walk away. Yeah, he leaves her alone in the room. (laughs) So, of course, she quickly dresses and runs immediately for the stairs where she is greeted by a, like, disheveled Jerry. And he's playing it off that he was trapped in, like, a barn out back by some random guy. And he thinks he may have ran into the house. Has she seen him? Oh, it wasn't him. Yeah. So, she says that she doesn't know what he's talking about she has no clue and just leaves at that and runs immediately out of the house she doesn't try to confront him or say anything about it she just dip sets mm. which is probably smart thinking about it yes um now after several months she finally reports the incident to authorities she didn't go at first 
I can understand why. Yeah. Terrified. Nobody will believe me. Yeah. Or second guessing herself. Maybe there was a guy. I'm sure there was all kinds of things running through her head. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. She probably had to really rationalize what she had just experienced. Mm-hmm. But Jerry, since it's been several months, thinks his charade has worked. Oh. And with more, like, it's sadistic fantasies coming to life now he wants more well he thinks he got away with this mm-hmm. what else you know yeah. the whole you get an inch you want a mile yep exactly type scenario so jerry's now 17 he and he lures a girl riding needing a ride into his car and of course she's relieved that she doesn't have to walk and she gets into the car this is you know like what we're Probably like late fifties or something, or early fifties or something. Probably so. Like it's not that it's not that big of a deal. No, everybody's getting into strangers' yeah. cars. We still do that today, <laughs> and we pay them for it. Yeah. <laughs> However, any relief that she had for not like she didn't have to walk anymore, it suddenly vanishes because she gets in the car and Jerry's automatically just like, "Oh, I'm just so happy to to meet for our date." And, like, talking to her as if they've known each other for years. Yeah. She's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, basically so confused and, like, growing, like, extremely worried at this point because he's starting to speed in the opposite direction out of town. Oh, shit. So, at that point, I would have fucking jumped out of the car. I don't give a shit whether I make it or not. I'm not staying another minute with him. Tuck and roll! Tuck and roll! (laughs) But Jerry pulls into the driveway of an abandoned house and drags her out of the car and beats her and rips off her clothes. Oh. That was quick. It, it's ballsy. Didn't even it's get not night it's night nighttime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not nighttime. Oh, it's during the day? Yeah. So I anybody don't know why could I was envisioning envisioning this is the the nighttime. When I was reading like the story and researching and whatnot, I thought so too. But a couple driving by actually sees them and hears the commotion. And they actually immediately stop and pull over to go help the girl and figure out what the heck's going on. Oh, thank goodness. And, of course, when they go up, Jerry at this point is frantic. And he doesn't know what to say or do. He's already socially awkward. And he doesn't have a whole lot of, like, experience with the outside world. So he doesn't really know how to talk to people either. So he frantically tells them this bullshit story about how the girl fell out of the car and he was trying to help her. With her clothes off. Yeah. Okay. And of course, right. yeah, the the couple know damn well that that wasn't what happened. And they basically confront Jerry. And he twists the story to say he was driving by when he saw the girl being attacked by another man who just by, who just by chance had fled the scene. Okay, so the story's already changed in a yes. matter of, like, seconds. Cool, yeah. dude. You're really you're really working the story, bro. And, of course, the couple is still not convinced. And they take both Jerry and the girl back to their home so they can call the authorities. Because, oh. remember, there's no cell phones at this point. Yeah. That's the only way. And they it was an abandoned house. So it's like, let's go knock on, right. on the door and see. And Jerry, at this point, admits to the police that he had attacked the girl in hopes to strip her and take pictures of her naked. I was actually surprised that he came out and told the truth. Good job on being honest, you know. Mm -hmm. But this is not one of those, like, 
See, I teach my kids, like, honesty gets you out of trouble. <laughs> this isn't it. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely arrested. And this investigation actually, you know, brings on a bigger investigation of Jerry. And the police discover the pictures of his first victim. Ah. Now, she has already told the story of this one to the authorities, right? Yeah. Okay, so they're like, ah, she wasn't mm-hmm. lying. Yep. So, Jerry claims that he didn't take the pictures. Another man did. Who had forced him to have the pictures developed. Oh, now this man forced... First the man shoved him in a barn, and then he's like, yo, get these developed for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not encouraging lying at all, but if you're going to lie, could you at least, like, try a little harder? Like, that's ridiculous. Aww. But while incarcerated, Jerry undergoes a psychiatric examination, and the psychiatrist finds Jerry's issues to be deeply rooted and He's admitted to Oregon State Hospital Psychiatric Ward instead of staying at the prison. Okay. Probably the best place for him. Definitely. Now, Jerry comes across as a normal teenager, not, like, any kind of, like, weird mental illnesses or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, and Jerry is diagnosed with an adjustment reaction from adolescence with sexual deviations and fetishisms. Wait, what? Yeah. He's with what? Yeah. Diagnosed with an adjustment reaction from adolescence with sexual deviations and fetishisms. Doesn't make sense, does it? No. But it's the 50s, so. Their biggest thing they were worrying about is checking women for syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jerry was released after that. Basically, yeah, he'll grow out of it kind of thing. It's a, it's an adjustment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he went on to graduate high school in 1957. Good job. Now, shortly after that, he did have, like, some odd jobs. Um, I think one of them, he was, like, really good as electrician and whatnot. But he was trying to figure out what to do with you know, his life. And he enrolls in the Army in 1959. Okay. But... He's later on discharged from the military after admitting his dark sexual fantasies to a psychologist on base. <laughs> I have to give it to him on his honesty. I really do. I just don't, like, I don't understand, like, he's, like, freaking out. He panics and he lies and yeah, tells these crazy stories. He tells stories that might eight. I, I mean, I let me backtrack before I finish it. His stories sound crazy like an eight-year-old would give a story like i didn't take that cookie it was the dog (laughs) like you know what i'm saying i I, I don't know i guess it has to go back with back to his mom though too and the way he was raised and the social interactions he probably didn't get growing up no and but his honesty is also that eight-year-old yes that's that's just that's what he reminds me of is this child who makes up really insane off the wall stories. And Maybe then, that's why they released him and didn't seem as a threat a threat because of that adolescent adjustment. I guess they were hoping. I don't know. They should just said dude's going through puberty. He's a little whack. <laughs> He's more than a little whack. Well, clearly. Now, of course, he is discharged and forced to go back home because he has nowhere to go. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mommy Dearest is waiting, I'm sure. 
Um, she actually forces him to live in a shed out back. She's like, fuck, no, you can't live in my house. But if you want, you can stay in the shed. You deviant. <laughs> Probably exactly what she said. Yeah. Jerry, now a part of civilization again, went back to his old ways. Of course. So he had this, like, short little spurt where, like, he was trying. And he admits what's going on in his head and what fantasies he's having. And he's immediately disregarded and discharged for it. Again, disregarded. Just so like he's gonna, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna go back to what he was doing. Well, he also basically because he was disregarded was basically like it's okay. Everybody has these crazy thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like you're normal. Mm-hmm. It's probably the only thing he was told he was normal about. It could have in 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 less words. I mean, by not saying like this is a problem. Let's work this out. Like, why do you think this way? Why do you feel this way? They're just like, eh. You just can't be part of the army because you think this way. But go be amongst the humans out there. Yeah, with no help whatsoever. Yeah, but you're good. You'll you're make good. it. You're good. You're just adjusting to being a, an adolescent. Yeah, it's it's a stage. You'll get over it. <laughs> it's not a stage, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Jerry starts stashing women's undergarments and high heels in his new home that, once again, he had stolen. Evidently, people haven't learned by this time. Lock your motherfucking doors. And your underwear. (laughs) Yeah, don't put the panties on the clothing line. He's on a series of panty raid, you guys. This is when he went on to attack multiple women, leaving them shoeless and fulfilling his craving for control. So, not only was he going into these houses and stealing them, he started attacking people on the streets to get them. Ballsy. hmm He was a ballsy individual. I was going to say, kids got gonads. However, he couldn't keep it up forever because he was going to get caught, and he knew it. So, he was mm-hmm. smarter than that. And he basically, again, tries to live somewhat of a normal life. And he goes on a date set up by friends who... Oh, he has friends. I think it was through work. Yeah. I couldn't confirm that, so I didn't put it in here. But it sounded like it was somebody he worked with. Maybe not necessarily a friend, and it's an acquaintance. They were probably like, you know what? Jerry's an odd guy. He just needs he needs a, a partner, somebody to keep him company. But Yeah. They, he went on this date, and it was 17-year-old little Miss Darcy... Oh, that's a cute name. Darcy Metzler. She was known to be, she was a good girl. And she was just eager to please everyone. But she was also easy to control. Um, yeah, because she was a good girl. And wanted to please everyone. Yes. And then I debated not to put this in the podcast. But I'm going to do it because I'm proud of it. Because I've got a good man. I went to go take a potty break while typing up my notes. And Sean took over my laptop. And he just wanted to let me know that Sean loves me very much and will be with me forever and always. I know. My one sappy moment. But anyways, back to the story, guys. Just had to share. (laughs) Darcy's parents didn't approve of their relationship. Of course not. And the only way Jerry and Darcy could see to move on with the relationship and get her parents' approval was to get pregnant. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's what they did. Yep. Darcy got pregnant? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. And in 1962, she became pregnant, and they had a shotgun wedding, like, three months after. 
Of course. You got to do it before the baby shows. Mm-hmm. Especially in that, that time. Yeah. You got to do it before the baby shows and then the, the math is, it adds up. Yeah, it's close. It adds up. <laughs> During their marriage, Jerry would actually make Darcy do the household chores in the nude while wearing heels. She's pregnant. I thought you were supposed to be barefoot. Not in Jerry's eyes. No, clearly not. Because he needed them to find arousal. Without them, he wasn't going to, you know. Yeah. Get them off. This carried over to the bedroom, of course. And during, and of course, Jerry would make Darcy wear the heels and pull stockings over her head and even make her ride their daughter's tricycle in the nude while he took pictures. I don't know what's more weird, that image or the fact that she was so willing to do it. I don't know what's more weird because when I was studying this case and I read that I was immediately saw the little saw man that rides the tricycle. Yeah. Nude and just riding around. I don't know that's <laughs> what that popped in my head. Maybe I'm a little damaged guys myself. Oh, fuck. I promise I'm not doing any of this weird shit though. But anyways, Darcy, of course, she was compliant with everything and also very confused. She couldn't, she didn't quite understand it. It was probably because she's like, my parents never did this, but. And it was only her, her only sexual relationship. Right. So jury was, jury, jury. Jerry was encouraged her that this is what partners did behind closed doors. It was completely normal. Like this, this was a thing. Everybody had their fetishes. I mean, they do, but not to this extent. Yeah. I've never had a guy be like, hey, why don't you go jump on that tricycle? <laughs> we die. I'd be like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> Good yeah. night. Yeah, I I would. But Jerry grew bored with her. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he kind of lost all desires to be with her and went back to prowling the streets to fulfill his dark fantasies. What about the baby? Get into it. Okay. I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. So, 1967 now, okay? Okay. Darcy and Jerry had their second child, a son, and Jerry was very distant with both children. Wait, where'd the first one go? Did she's I still there. Did I miss... Oh, no, I missed that No, she's still part. there. I was... I the tricycle was hers. That's right. I got I got so sidetracked with this, the tricycle image in my head that I completely like was like, wait, where'd the first one go? Now, I'll be honest with you. I decided to leave out a lot of my notes about him and his little family that he had Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of, like, accusations that Darcy knew all along and yada, yada, this and that. And I just didn't think it was fair to Mm -hmm. tie her to that. Um, Me, personally, I don't think that she knew after learning what I know. And I know that once that Jerry was convicted... She cut off all contact. He was not allowed to see his children, know his children. She changed her name. She changed children's names. And she just completely up and left. Okay. So. So they have baby. I didn't want to, like, yeah. out of respect for her. Yeah. I didn't want to put in a lot of, yeah, details about that. But he was distant with both to begin with. Um, mostly due to constantly seeking jobs because he was, he was getting fired a lot. Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. By this time, he had moved the family 
around more than 20 times because of looking for jobs. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of when Jerry settles his career as electrician. He kind of did a lot of, like, radio show talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But as electrician, I want to note that he made a big accident, which I think could have triggered his next following steps. So he accidentally connected a live wire to a terminal that sent 480 volts up into his arm, leading into his chest. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if you'll know, but that many... Volts should have killed him. Yeah, I'm curious as to how that didn't. But unfortunately, he did live. Had he died? We wouldn't have the story today. No. Had he died, Lindis Lawson, Jan Whitney, Karen Springer, and Linda Saley would have went on to live, hopefully, very long, happy lives. And unfortunately, they did not. And we're about to get into them, so I'm going to remind you guys, this is graphic. If you can't handle it, tune in to our next episode, okay? Maybe. <laughs> no, come back. <laughs> so, Linda Slauson, she was 19 years old, and on January 26, 1968, she knocked on the wrong door. She was actually going around door-to-door selling encyclopedias, which is pretty popular at the time. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And Jerry sees her. And sees a young, attractive woman in heels. Going along with her sales pitch, Jerry lures her into the basement, telling her, yeah, I'm interested. My money's down here. Just come on with me. Um, I'm definitely interested in purchasing a cycle of Empedias. And this basement was the one room that Jerry forbid anybody in his family go down into, mm. including his wife. Mm-hmm. Under no circumstances whatsoever, were they ever to be in the basement? Yeah. I couldn't find anything that said maybe that he had gotten violent about it. But that's kind of like the what came off was there was repercussions if they tried. Now, Jerry's mom and children were right upstairs when Linda was going into the basement. Okay. And she's like, yes, I got this i got this and she's trying she's a she's a mom too at this point mm-hmm. so she's saying you know i've got this new sale i'm gonna you know make some money she tries to add on to her sales pitch because jerry at some point mentions you know that he has kids too and she also sells children's books oh. and she's reaching for her catalog to show him the, all the children's books that you know that she sells and he suddenly hits her in the back of a head with a wooden plank and knocks her out. Jerry jumps on top of her, strangles her. And remember, mom is upstairs with the kids. He then, right after knocking her out, goes upstairs to give his mom a $5 bill and tell her to take the kids out for dinner. But to make sure that she knock on the floor when she returns home. Like, that would be, like, that's suspicious. Like, she knows, she knows his past. I was going to say, like, that's, maybe because she knows his past, she'd be like, you know, he's probably doing some weird, nasty shit. Maybe. And I think there was comments made that, like, she was completely thrilled about having a granddaughter. 
But yeah, because she wanted a daughter. Mm-hmm. So, and that was That's how Jerry's first child was a daughter. Hmm. So, of course, he quickly runs back to the basement and he proceeds to dress Linda's lifeless body in different styles of undergarments and heels. And then he kind of just treats her like his own, like, human doll. He arranges her in different, like, poses, like, provocative poses Mm -hmm. and um, masturbating at the same time. And this is basically fulfilling every single dark fetish of his. Yeah, that did. That just he just hit the the mother load. No pun intended. Yeah. And of course, this isn't enough for him though. He needs a memento. He needs something to remember this special night. So he grabs a hacksaw, and Jerry saws off Linda's left foot, and puts it in the freezer. He comes back later to use his new trophy as a model for the collection of his heels. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. And at this point, he knows he has to discard of Linda so he doesn't get caught. And he ties her to an engine and dumps her body in the, was it, Womamet River. And, of course, again, this was successful. It was his first kill. He's happy. So he gains more confidence and now is eager to go out and seek out his next victim. Mm. So that was January. We're going to flash forward to November 26, 1968. Okay. Jan Susan Whitney, 23 years old. Her car breaks down on Interstate 5. Jerry's out cruising and happens to drive by and see her struggling with her car. He offers her a ride back to his house where he can grab some tools and come back to fix her car. Now, Jan evidently was known to pick up hitchhikers, so this wasn't alarming to her whatsoever. It was just someone, you know, doing her a favor and giving her a ride. Right. She gets in the car with Jerry. He takes her back to his house. They get there, and he instructs her to, you know, wait in the car well, I just go grab what I need and I'll be right back and we can head back to your car. Mm-hmm. After a few moments, he comes back and tells Jan that they'll have to wait till his wife gets home. He's locked out of the house. But this is where it gets weird. Instead of getting back into the driver's seat, he slides into the back seat. Mm. And he sparks conversation with Jan. I think at one point they actually started playing like some kind of game or something. Not quite sure, but the conversation obviously didn't get very far. Jerry takes a leather strap and stops Jan mid-sentence as he strangles her from behind. Yeah. He drags the body into his basement where he rapes the corpse. And then he decides to hang Jan's corpse from a pulley in his basement so he can easily dress her up and photograph with her. Now, this one's different where he kind of discarded Linda immediately. He decides to keep Jan's lifeless body around over several days and continues to use her body for sex. Ew. Yeah. Now, before tying up Jan's body to a railroad iron and dumping her in the river, he cuts off her breasts and sets them in resin because he wants to make a paperweight out of them 
and it's his new favorite trophy. Of course. So he discards Jan into the river along with Linda's now rotted foot. And Jan's car is left abandoned at a rest stop on Interstate 5. Karen Sprinkler. 18 years old, March 27, 1969, is held at gunpoint in a parking lot by a man wearing women's clothing. Of course, this man was Jerry Brudos. He abducts her, bring her back to his basement of horrors, and Karen is basically pleading with him, saying she will do whatever he wants. Dressing up, sex, whatever. Just don't kill me. Mm. So... Jerry has her dress up in his newest collection of undergarments and posing while he photographs her. And then he hangs her by the neck from the same pulley Jan was hung by, and he rapes her. Once again, he keeps Karen's body to have sex with over the next several days, and he cuts off her breast as well, but this time he's using them to make plastic molds. This one that just gave me mm-hmm. my my heart just you see how like it progresses watering. a yes. little bit each time. Jerry ties Karen to an engine and throws her into the river. April twenty second, nineteen sixty nine. Jerry actually attempts to adopt twenty four year old Sharon Wood in a parking garage. Now he's pissed off that he failed, so he goes out the very next day. And tries to do it again to 15-year-old Gloria Jean Smith. Once again, he's unsuccessful. Oh, thank gosh. Yeah. But he doesn't give up. Of course not. So, that same day, April 23rd, 1969, 22-year-old Linda Saley. She's just shopping at her local mall. And calling it quits for the day, she goes to her car to leave, where she's ambushed by Jerry. Jerry brings her back to his basement, rapes her, and strangles her, then plays dress up with her corpse. However, this time, Jerry wasn't a fan of Linda's breast. In his own words, they were too pink. Too pink. Mm-hmm. So, this gave him the idea. Jerry, electrician, applies an electrical current to Linda's cold, dead body and hopes to make it jump. Oh, okay. He fails and now bored. And what is left with left of her ties her to a transmission and dumps her in the river. This this river's gonna have a whole car soon. Mm-hmm. In May of nineteen sixty nine, a fisherman found the bodies of Linda and Karen in Long Tom River. The police, of course, investigating what happened to these women they asked students at a nearby university campus about suspicious men that were around in the area and it led them to jerry Hmm. and one girl in particular had told them that he had phoned her several times to ask her for a date so of course they're looking into jerry and this starts an investigation because they're alarmed with his previous record right so, they urgently seek out Jerry's location. And I think at this point, they actually had talked to Jerry, and he gave them a false location. 
Of course. And but this is even more alarming. So now they're now they go on to actually find his lo- location and a search warrant and start going through Jerry's garage. The police found copper wire that was determined to have been cut with the same tool that cut the cords used to tie the bodies. Mm-hmm. And so Jerry was arrested. And when he was arrested, he made a full confession. Of course he did, because he doesn't know how to lie. <laughs> On June 28, 1969, Jerry pleads guilty to first, to, sorry, three first-degree murder charges. Three? Mm-hmm. Karen, Jan, and Linda Saley. He was sentenced to three consecutive terms of life imprisonment. Though he confessed to Linda Slauson's murder, Jerry wasn't tried nor convicted because he did not make and keep photographs of the body, unlike the others. And her body was never discovered. So that family doesn't get any justice, even though he said, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. They just, are you fucking kidding me? It probably had to do something with money, but. (sighs) More than likely. Oh, my fucking goodness. So, Jerry's serving his term and whatnot, and while incarcerated, Jerry wrote to many retail companies requesting shoe catalogs and claiming they were, like, his substitute for porn and he needed them. (laughs) But here's the fucked up part. They They sent them. They sent them. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I'm not kidding you, but yeah, that's what happened. That's just, oh my gosh. And I would, I would, no. I frown upon any retail company that sent him them catalogs. Absolutely. Now, he goes on to lodge countless appeals, including one in which he alleged that a photograph taken of him with one of his victim's corpses could not prove his guilt because it was not the body of a person he was convicted of killing. What? Linda. Because... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But they didn't use that photo because they didn't charge him for that one, I thought. He was using it as an appeal. Because it doesn't work because they didn't use it to charge you. So... It, it's... He's just back and forth. He can't get his own shit straight. Oh, my gosh. And he continues, like, these appeals and applying, like, for parole and whatnot. And after repeated parole hearings in 1995, the Oregon Parole Board tells Jerry he will never be paroled. And this is quoted. They told him, you will be in prison for the rest of your life and there will be no further parole hearings. Because they were just tired of hearing his bullshit at this point. Yeah. So, um, psychiatrist Michael H. Stone, who did study Jerry, identifies Jerry as having a psychopathic personality, noting his callousness and lack of remorse for his crimes. So that's that, you know, adolescent adjustments. Yeah. (laughs) But Detective Jim Burns... He kind of backs it up. He He's the one that investigated the case. And he recalled a conversation with Jerry in which he asked him, do you feel some remorse, Jerry? Do you feel sorry for your victims, for the girls who died? Jerry picks up half a piece of paper off the table, wads it up into a ball, throws it to the floor, where he replies, I care about those girls as much as I care about that piece of wadded up paper. Damn. Mm-hmm. Again, there's that honesty. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can commend you on, man. And on March 28th, 2006, incarcerated for 37 years, which evidently was 
the longest incarceration in Oregon. Jerry dies at 5.10 a.m. from liver cancer. Oh. May he rot in hell. Boo-hoo. Yep. That's our story of Jerry Brutus. Damn. You know, I'm surprised that he didn't go after his mother. And in those stories like that, they normally do. But he didn't have, like, any sexual ties. That must have With been. his mother. That was the difference. Like, with Ed Gein, he had sexual ties. Yeah, but he didn't kill his mom. No, he adored her and worshipped her instead. Right. But that, he did kill the women that reminded him of his mom because they weren't worthy enough. Yes. But that that's why I'm... I, well, I guess because these women were beautiful women. So, them being attractive and in the clothing he desired. And, and heels. Yeah. Is probably what led that to all that. But I'm just surprised at the same time that it that 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 didn't trigger the anger of murder i i guess i don't know i can see i can see where you're coming from like i could i i get that the heels and the nudity and the undergarments and all that stuff is the fetish you needed all that to be aroused but i'm surprised like the it wasn't the you know revenge of killing his mother is what brought them together (laughs) Well, the revenge of killing his mother, though, was never sexual for him. Right. I know. And and that that was what drove all of his killings was his fetish and his fantasies. But that one girl said she'd do it all for him. Just don't kill me. I guess he needed the death. Well, at this point, it's involved. Now it is. It's now it's not just the heels. It's now the violence. And remember, when he was younger, he had that imagination where he was creating up these scenarios in his head. The girls and the... Yeah, and, and the I whole... Guess, I guess that's why, like, he didn't keep them down there, though. He could have done that. He could have kept them in that basement. But he would have gotten caught. He wasn't good at what he did. Nah, he wasn't. That was the problem. Like, he knew he wasn't good at what he did. He knew he was going so to get caught. Be, he had to be quick about it. Mm-hmm. Mm, gross. Pig. Nasty. But thank you, Tina. Good yes, story. That was that was a good one. That one that one was a good one. Yep. I've 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 heard of it, and some of the, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. So I'm really glad we got to go over this to learn a little bit more about him. I he triggered my brain once hearing the deaths of the women. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about. I think I read it was one of Anne Rule's books. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called, but I read it back in the day, and um, that's where I got a lot of this from, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I purchased the audiobook too, as well. Cool. Um, but I remember it back in the day. I just didn't connect the dots when she when she had suggested it. Yeah. It's like not one... For some reason, it's so... It's such a, like, wow, what the fuck case, but I didn't... It didn't trigger any memories to me until I started, like... It was the researching. murders. Yeah. It was the murders that triggered for me. Like, his name didn't trigger anything in my brain. I... The story of the um, disheveledness when he tried to, you know, when he's taking pictures of the girl. The first victim. The first girl. Yeah. That kind of rung a little bell in my head. But I'm like, eh, this is also one of those just, it's really sick to say, like, you've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's done that before where they're like, oh, it wasn't me. Was it? Oh, you know. I don't know if y'all have Peacock Toasties, but if you do, there's a show in there, I believe it's like, uh, America's most evil or whatever something like that and 
there's an episode on him that was done pretty well. I highly recommend that isn't, one. Isn't Tommy Lynn on that one, too? Yeah, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is how Melissa saw him, I think, yes. was mm-hmm. on that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, fuck. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. And thanks again, Tina. That was great. We love getting the story requests, guys. Keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. There's some that we didn't even think of because you you naturally want to think of the the big ones right away. Mm-hmm. So to know that others are thinking of outside the box is really great. Well, yeah, and the the big ones are they're overdone right. so many times, and it's like I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. I want to learn about new ones. I don't want to hear more intake on people's version on Ed Gein. I know I did Ed Gein, but that's different. That's personal. It has a special place in my heart. I know that's sick to say, but go back and listen to it. You'll like it. But is it really sick? I mean, I haven't shared mine, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And he's done a lot. He has Mm -hmm. done a lot, a lot, a lot. So... You know, maybe someday down the road I might share about him. Maybe. You should. Maybe. We'll to, see. To give to give a little insight from my perspective. Because I think that, I think with a, a lot of these these popular killers, it's more perspective of each person at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Do you want to give them a, a sneak peek of your next case or not? We're going to keep it a surprise. Well... You know, we talk a little bit about uh, a lot of crime, but we, we were, we're going to dabble also in a little bit of uh, paranormals. Ooh, spooky, spooky. So a crime that led into a paranormal activities. I'll leave it at that. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm intrigued by it because this is also a story everyone knows, but no one knows at the same time. Yeah. They just know what... Uh, and results. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, so. <laughs> Keeping it spooky for you. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. Definitely tune in for our next episode. Make sure you follow, like, share, hit Missy's bell. Yeah, hit the bell. <laughs> Subscribe. We don't have any subscriptions. We will be doing... Alive soon yes. too. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be that Tuesday, that following Tuesday. The so you're getting this on Sunday, sixteenth. Yes, I think correct. Anyways, yeah, that following Tuesday, come find us on the Tiki Talks. We'll be there live. You can come ask your questions and tell us some things about you guys, and we could swap stories and all the fun things. So come find us on uh, TikTok live. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.